What's up, everybody? It's Hank here, and this is not your normal Smoke Break MMA podcast audio version on the Anchor app. This is something completely new. Now, to all my fans, you know, and listeners who have watched or heard, watched and heard, both on YouTube and the Anchor app so far, I've referenced Kristen King a lot. I've had her on my show. You know, she definitely, like I've said before, she knows her MMA. So we said we decided about a week ago that instead of just having her on as a normal guest, just every couple of days, why don't we just do a weekly show? You know, we we got good chemistry together. We uh, got good conversations about MMA, and uh, she was all for it. Every time I've messaged this woman, she's helped me out with everything I've ever asked, and. Uh, so yeah, we we are starting a new journey tonight. This is the very first episode of Smoke Session with Hank and Christian. I'm excited to start. Definitely, like I, I I'm I've been excited about this one for a couple of days. You know, this one's a little different. You know, most of them are all this one. Uh, it it is strictly like I was telling her before we went live a little bit. It's probably going to be about eighty percent MMA media, MMA news. And then probably 20% other. You know, we might talk about sports. We might talk about life. We might talk about love. I mean, I'm just throwing, you know, you, you, we just might talk about a variety of different things and different topics, you know, it, uh, not just covering that. We're going to be covering a wide variety of things. Yep, and I can't wait to talk about everything because I know we got some good fights coming up and whatever you want to throw at me, I'm ready to talk about. So let's get to it. Jump right into it. So... The big news, obviously, is uh, UFC 234. 233 mm-hmm. just kind of disappeared. 233 didn't happen. They said yeah. they, they said that it might happen later, but they're not just going to like, okay, in 2022, we're going to have 233. <laughs> you know, that's not going to happen. It's, it's never going to happen. Like, 233 is gone. It's kind of like the, um, the pay-per-view that John Jones was supposed to headline against Dan Henderson, and then I think Never Henderson- happened. Yeah. It never happened, so I think that's the same thing with UFC 233, which is okay, because I don't know, for whatever reason, I just thought UFC like 233 was such a weirdly n- numbered event, and I was like, <laughs> you know, it didn't even fit anyway, it's okay, you can get rid of it. So it's basically just gone, which I mean, like you said, it's it just, it happens, shit happens, it's MMA, like, if you book a fight and that fight falls out, and then you try to rebook somebody, and then they get sick and fall out... There's not much you can do besides scrap it, you know. But exactly. the fight card we do have uh, headlined, they're in Australia. Australia, I think, is a whole day ahead of us. They're like, they're 17 hours ahead of me. I don't know. I think you're you're just an hour ahead of me. So they're like yeah. 18 hours ahead of you. So mm-hmm. the it'll really be Sunday. Like, we'll be watching on Saturday, but it'll really be Sunday in Australia. But headlined by Australia's own Robert Whitaker and... Uh, co-headlined by Australia's own Israel Adesanya. Like, is, is New Zealand and Australia the same thing, basically? Um, I think they're in close proximity. I don't think they're the same thing, but they're just very near each other, and that's why it's like, if you're from New Zealand, like the Australians mess with you. They and claim vice- you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They definitely claim it, because it's like two... I don't know, I guess New Zealand is smaller than Australia, but it's almost like... You know how Africa has Madagascar, like, right next to it? Yeah, yeah. That is kind of like how it is with New Zealand and Australia. So we'll start with the main event, Robert Whitaker and Kelvin Gastelum. I have Kelvin Gastelum's season of The Ultimate Fighter. I can't. I think it's 18. I'm, I could be wrong. I believe mm-hmm. it's eight. It's the season with uh, John Jones and 
Chell Sonnen. Yep. And he was the last pick by Chell. Chell didn't even really pick him. He was forced to because he was the last yep. one. So, exactly. And uh, Uriah Hall, people that remember that season, Uriah Hall was a monster. Like, he mm-hmm. was – he knocked out Bubba McDaniels, and Bubba McDaniels was a prospect to win. Bubba McDaniels, for for hardcore MMA fans, they know him. He's a, He was legit. And he just got yep. murked. And – Probably the best knockout ever on Ultimate Fighter history with the spinning wheel kick on uh, I can't remember his name Sam something and then Adam Sella yeah oh Adam Adam Sella mm-hmm. a good memory <laughs> and uh, yeah. she, she you know your Ultimate Fighter too I I, I stopped I stopped watching that about like twenty two like the 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 season they had Chad and or Uriah and Connor I think was my last one and then I kind of fell uh. then I fell off a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. Ultimate Ultimate Fighter, you know, it's like it's a lot different now, anyway. But a yeah. lot of a lot of people sleep on Kelvin Gastelum. I mean, he had a split decision to Tyron Woodley, albeit he missed weight by a lot, and uh, he missed weight a few other. They actually forced him to move up. You know, he he's not really made for 185. He's made for right. 170. He just needs to really be. He he's one of those. You know, some people can fuck off at 170 and still make weight. Some people mm-hmm. can fuck off at 145 and still make weight. It's all about your body. He's one of those guys that he has to be strict as strict gets to make his weight at 170. And when he doesn't do that, it shows up on the scale. A la Johnny Hendricks, you know. Like, if Johnny Hendricks wasn't disciplined, you know he was going to miss that weight. But, you know, and I've got some bullshit so far about my picks. You you know me. I I like the underdog. (laughs) But but you know me, too. I like stats. I have stats to back up my picks. Mm-hmm. I have Kelvin Gastelum in this one. I think his boxing is crisp. Robert Whitaker is very good at movement. He moves in, blasts you a few times, leg kick, body kick, right hook, comes out. And then right. like he, he gets you in these awkward patterns of repetitive foot movements, and then he switches it up. Like You'll think, okay, he's ducking at this time, so I know this is coming. But that's not always the way it goes, you know. He'll do that for a round, and then he'll switch it up for the next round. Robert Whitaker is mm-hmm. uh, Dana White said he was one of the most underrated and underappreciated champions in the UFC, which he probably is. But I just think Kelvin. I'm, I don't know. I don't have a pick for how you know. Like normally, you know me. I normally go how round, you know all that. I, I don't really know how, but I think Kelvin's going to win this one. I, I have faith that. Kelvin is going to be able to stifle his pressure because Kelvin likes to pressure people. I believe I believe Kelvin will be marching him down, and I believe Robert Whitaker will have to reset the game plan in his mind just as Kelvin is. But see, yeah, I mean, I can see why you would say that, but at the same time, it's not like Kelvin Gastelum is someone like Yoel Romero. Of course, they both hit super hard and stuff like that, but. Uh, Whitaker isn't going to stand in front of Gaston and allow him to continue to kind of move forward and pressure him. And I, well, the only thing that would probably worry me is that Whitaker has been in two fights with Yoel Romero and ate some really hellacious shots. I mean, he got dropped multiple times in those fights. Knee jacked up, knee was fucked up. (laughs) Exactly. There's a lot of things that happen in these fights that cause some possible long-term damage. Um, I just, for me, I wouldn't see how Gaslam is able to capitalize on any of that. I know he's going to be a a, a pressure striker and stuff like that, but I just feel like 
Robert Whitaker is so much more well-rounded than people like to give him credit for. And at this point, whenever you bring up Kelvin Gastelum, it's always for his knockout abilities. And of course, anyone has a puncher's chance in these fights, but you're going to need more than that when you're taking on like the elite level of someone like Robert Whitaker. And there's also the issue of Kelvin Gastelum. I know he bulks back up eventually. He could gas in the fight. This, this I don't know if this is his first five round fight, but if it is, it could be a problem because we've seen Whitaker go five rounds multiple times and he was okay. He was still fighting. He was still getting that you know, the best of his opponent and stuff like that. I don't know if Kelvin Gaslam is going to be able to handle something like that. And to be honest, I was on, I was worried that he would even miss weight this time around because the weigh-ins just happened like a few minutes ago. Yeah. And I was super worried that Kelvin Gaslam, even though at middleweight, he's done a lot better in terms of his weight management. You never know that, like you said, this is one of those guys that needs to manage their weight no matter what. And if he does it the right way, then we're fine. But that's the problem. We just don't know which Kelvin Gaslam we're going to get. So I am picking Robert Whitaker. I don't want to know or want to say how, but if it's not by knockout, it's probably going to be by unanimous decision. But if you look back to when uh, when Kelvin knocked out Bisping, albeit Bisping took it on short notice, albeit yep. Bisping just lost to GSP after... You know, if you think back, Bisbing was doing great against George Saint. He was busting him up, had him bloody. But I, th- I, had, I picked Bisbing against GSP, and that was my actually my only wrong pick. I think. Well, besides Johanna, I had Johanna over Rose, and you know nobody's seen that coming. But Kelvin uh, flatlined Bisbing, like flatlined him, and he was so fast that 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 counter was. Do you agree that Kelvin is faster than Robert? Like, in my opinion, Kelvin is maybe not way faster than Robert, but he's definitely faster. Like, if they got in a, in a spot where it was a matter of who's quicker, I think Kelvin's right. quicker. Yeah, I mean, I can see that argument, too. It's one of those things that just Kelvin knows exactly how to throw those combinations, and it's in a blink of an eye. It's and over. with Robert, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. With Robert, you kind of see like a slow progression. Like I just rewatched the um the second fight with him and Yola Romero, and he started off pretty tentative. He was just throwing um a few combinations, a few leg kicks here and there, but it was enough to be able to kind of throw off Yola Yoel Romero from doing what he does best, and that's come forward and just hit you very, very hard. Um, I feel like this is essentially is a similar fight to that uh with kelvin gaslam but the only thing is um how many tools does kelvin gaslam really have you know i know that he says he's well-rounded he's ready to just go out and be ready to deal with whatever robert whitaker has but that's the issue are you really ready to deal with the kind of striking the kind of wrestling the kind of grappling that robert whitaker possesses i don't know if he's ever fought somebody of that caliber but don't forget, he has legit jujitsu. Remember when he fought uh, Jake Ellenberger and took his back yep. and choked? Like, it's not like he's a blue belt or something. I'm yeah. not. I'm not sure what is. I'm not sure if he has a black belt, but he's black belt black belt level. Like, mm-hmm. if Robert, if I mean MMA is one mistake, game over anyway. But people sleep on Kelvin's jujitsu. If Robert gets in a sloppy position and you know gets lazy for a second he could get yeah. he could get rear naked choked i mean kelvin's quick 
at grabbing your neck, and he's got a tight. He's good at squeezing. I, I I just think a lot of people, because it's in Australia, you know, it's in Robert's hometown, and it's all Aussie fans, Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. You know, everybody's against him, and a lot of people haven't heard like. If you're not really like a diehard, diehard, you might not even know who Kelvin is. So, right. So, I think a lot of people are sleeping on him. Uh, yeah, and I could definitely see that yesterday, especially like in the press conference when they were pretty much just talking to Robert, Israel, Adesanya, and Anderson, Anderson. Silva. Yeah. At this point, it just seems like that those are the top three names at middleweight, but. Calvin Gaston has worked his way up there, and, and he's definitely earned this title shot no matter what. Um, but it's just a matter of do you have it? Are you going to be able to? And for a lot of people, they just don't think that he has enough to beat someone like Robert Whitaker. Like uh, the legitimate threat to beat Robert Whitaker came with someone like Yola Romero. It comes with someone like Israel Adesanya. You know, if if they ever fought. Anderson Silva could pose potential threats to Robert Whitaker, but we just don't know that yet. For maybe like the majority, people just see so many issues with Kelvin that they're only giving him that one chance and that's going to be with his striking, which is what he relies on the most anyway. So uh, I think this might be more of a stand-up fight than everyone anticipates it to be. I, I read somewhere that people think that there's going to be wrestling involved, which I highly doubt unless it just Unless it's from Kelvin. Yeah, exactly. Unless it's from there and he thinks that this is a better game plan to defeat Robert Whitaker. But I think this is going to be a stand-up fight. And um, I, I still have to pick uh, Robert Whitaker. I'm not sleeping on Kelvin at all. It's just I don't think he has the tools to beat someone like Robert at this time. We will definitely see. I mean, the good thing about it is we will see. I believe... Uh Kelvin wins. I think it's close, though. I definitely think it's close. And mm -hmm. perfect segue, you know, you mentioned Israel Adesanya. I love Israel. His striking is amazing. His, yeah. his distance, you know, he's a great kickboxer. But you can't say that he's fought elite yet. He beat Derek Brunson, great fighter. Good, good fighter, not a great fighter. He beat right. uh, 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 Brad Tavares, good fighter, mm -hmm. not a great fighter. Mm -hmm. Call me crazy. <laughs> I have Anderson Silva. Anderson Silva is a big dog. I think they said in the he, two days ago. I don't know how it is right now, but two days ago he was minus seven hundred. I think I seen this morning he was minus four hundred or plus four hundred. But either way, like that's crazy that Anderson's that big of an underdog. For one, I get it. He's older. You know, I don't know how old he is. Forty three, forty four, something like that. But that's yeah. Anderson Silva. That's I tweeted out the other day, you know, I was like, Anderson Silva is going to show all of us why Fedor Emelianenko is not the GOAT. Mm -hmm. DC is not the GOAT. I love DC. John Jones is not the GOAT. The GOAT is Anderson the Spider Silva. And I believe Anderson gets it done by third round knockout. I believe Israel's going to start strong. Israel's going to win round one. Anderson's going to fill him out, leg kick him. Anderson kicks hard. You know that. You, you, I mean, he snapped his leg like a twig over Chris Weidman. <laughs> you got to kick really hard to generate that kind of power to break bones. And I think Anderson's going to kick, be kicking a lot, kicking that thigh, chewing that lead thigh up. Israel's going to be switching stances, you know, doing his dance dance moves, taunting him. Anderson's going to soak it in, like similar to Nick Diaz. You know, Nick laid on the 
fucking canvas for crying out loud and laughed at yeah. him. And, and Anderson kept his calm. You know, he didn't get rattled. He just was like, okay, we're still going to, we're still doing what I want to do. Call mm-hmm. me, call me crazy, you know, and people have called bullshit on this too. I believe, and- <laughs> I believe Anderson Silva wins this. Um, I, I could see why you'd say that too, but here's my issue with Anderson Silva. I have no idea which version of Anderson Silva is going to show up. He's been away for two years, and the last time we saw him was against Nick Diaz, and it just wasn't it wasn't one of those. Well, fights he, he that fought were Derek Brunson after that. He had remember he fought Derek oh. Brunson, yeah, after that. You're right. Yeah. He, even in that fight, a lot of people said he didn't even win that. He yeah. was awarded a decision. It was close. And a lot of people questioned <laughs> it, Right. It was very close. So my question for Anderson Silva is, which one is going to show up? Because remember, we've seen him do the same clownery thing that he used to do back in the day. That's the thing that got him in trouble with Chris Weidman. And I think this circumstance is different because now he's pegged against someone who they are calling the next him like they're saying that this is the next anderson silva this is going to be a passing of the torch kind of moment and i don't know if that'll directly affect someone like silva who is in his 40s whose time in fighting is pretty limited at this point i mean if he doesn't win this fight where does he go from here you know so it's different because i just want to be sure that the version of anderson silva that's going to show up is something that is going to give israel adesanya a definite challenge i think his first elite fighter that he fought was definitely um derek brunson and he was elite in the way because people thought adesanya didn't have ground game he wasn't able to stop wrestling he wasn't able to you know do all that stuff on the ground and he showed that he did he showed that he's super well-rounded and he showed that he's continuing to improve every day so we'll have to see how this deals, but I'm not picking Anderson Silva. Of course. I, I'm definitely <laughs> picking Israel Adesanya, but I'm not going to say that this is going to be one of those moments that are going to be like, because they describe this fight as like a, a lamb being led out to slaughter. I don't want to say that about someone like Anderson Silva, because I think that's such a disrespectful thing to say. I just feel like this is old school versus new school, and we just have to see which one is going to be able to hold up in the end. But, you know... But- that's Anderson at the end of the day. You like to me and you and to other people, you know, who love it, like there's a couple of names that come to mind when you think of MMA. You know, like I mentioned Fedor, John Jones, D C George Saint Pierre. Yeah. Anderson Silva's one of those names. Anderson Silva's for sure one of those names. And mm-hmm. uh when Adesanya walks in that cage, I don't know who's coming out first. I think it which one weighed in first? You just seen the weigh ins. Which one walked out first? Uh- Anderson weighed in first, so uh, he's gonna walk. So yeah, so so that's even better for Anderson. So when Adesanya yeah. walks in that cage, he's gonna look across that cage, and he's gonna see, and he's gonna be like, "Oh fuck, that's that's <laughs> Anderson." You know, it's and he might not care. He might. Adesanya yeah. is very confident, and he's a great striker, phenomenal striker. Mm-hmm. But one thing about kickboxing, and I'm not sure how. Uh, in depth he is in the clinch you know i've watched a few of his fights and he hasn't spent a lot of time in the close quarters clinch and we all remember like prime anderson and i know he's not prime anderson but that's that's still the same man like it's the Mm -hmm. same body same man same elbows same you know what i mean it's the same person he's just a little older just a little bit older and i think that a key part for anderson to win is going to be the clinch i think he's going to have to clinch him 
push him up against the fence and classic knees, classic Anderson Silva knees. But a, a, a big point, like I made earlier, about the, the lead leg kick. I think Anderson's got to chop him down. One thing I noticed about Izzy, he's very skinny. And, you know, Derek Brunson made the joke, you're a skinny nigga, you know. <laughs> and yeah. uh, uh, he's very skinny. You know, he, he don't look like a, a, well, a middleweight. He looks very little compared to Anderson, compared to Robert, compared to Michael Bisping, you know, some of these other guys. He's not really the biggest or broadest guy in the weight class, you know, but I definitely think, and when you have skinnier legs, you know, you have skinnier calves, you have skinnier thighs, you can, you can't take kicks as hard as a heftier person can, so I believe leg kicks are going to be key for Anderson and the clinch. Am I expecting to see Anderson come across there and blitz him and get him out of there in, in a round? No. But mm-hmm. am I expecting to see Anderson win? Yes. That that's interesting. I just I don't know. I don't want to count him out completely, but it's just one of those things where I feel like maybe and uh, Anderson's time at the top is probably over. I think this is the last good fight that he's gonna have for a while. And um, Adesanya, I believe that he also did Muay Thai, so it's not like I, I just think he hasn't been able to exhibit right. any work inside the clinch because every single one of his opponents have chosen to stand with him. And in the attempt to knock him out, you know, he's a very um, confident guy. He, he says what he's going to do, but he backs it up in the cage. And I think a lot of people just want to be that person to finally defeat Israel Adesanya. And that's why they continue to do or come into the fight with stupid game plans. Like the one, you know, Derek Brunson, I know he tried to do the wrestling thing, but at that point, too late. Israel Adesanya, <laughs> yeah, it's like... Israel Adesanya already worked on his wrestling. He already worked on his ground game. And if that is what you were going to rely on, then that was a problem. And then if you're going to try and strike with someone like Israel, that's even a bigger problem because that's where he's most successful. Um, so for me, I, I don't know. I feel like... I don't know if you ever see that um, that Spider-Man meme where like two of the same ones are pointing at each other and yeah. they're like, <laughs> like, I recognize you because it's yeah. the same thing. I, I feel like that's the kind of vibe that I'm getting from this fight. Um, it's just a matter of seeing who's better at doing what, you know, because I fully believe this is going to be a striking battle. I don't feel like it's going to go to the ground in any way. I think Israel's coming in here to make a statement because he's trying to be champion in 2019. And I think Anderson is coming in here trying to be like, you know, listen, I may be 40 years old, but that doesn't mean that I'm not still good at what I did and what I used to do. So, I don't know. We'll see. But that's probably the fight that I'm most excited for on Saturday. Oh, definitely. I, I revert back to the time. <laughs> I, I can't remember who Anderson beat, but he was fighting and he won. And he held up the belt and he was he was speaking in Portuguese, you know, so they had to use subtitles and a, and a translator. But uh, mm-hmm. he was holding the belt and he was screaming at the crowd, anybody who wants this belt, you have to go through me to get it. And basically, mm-hmm. that's been true f- forever. Like... Yeah. If you beat Anderson, you've got to... Like Michael Bisbing. Bisbing beat Anderson, fought Luke Rockhold for the belt. Like, it, yeah. Anderson Silva is not only the GOAT, he's the probably one of the most well-respected fighters mm-hmm. in the game. Just like, like I was mentioning, you know, like when you meet him and shake his hand and touch gloves with him, that's Anderson Silva. He's a le- you're, you're literally sharing the octagon with a legend of the sport. 
But uh, yeah, like you said, that's my that's my uh, personal favorite of the night too. Uh, call me crazy, you know, but I think we're gonna see Kelvin win and Israel. But like you said, we definitely shall see. Yeah, that's why I'm excited. I mean, I, I just don't know. I mean, this is a great time for middleweights. I mean, outside of the lightweight division, this one is probably like the second most stacked division in the UFC. So it's good to see some kind of progression. I honestly wasn't a fan of the uh, Israel Adesanya and Anderson Silva fight when it first got announced because I thought that there would be better names like Jacare Souza or Luke Rockhold for someone like Israel. But the way that he broke it down and the way that he sees his road to the title, I mean, I guess it makes sense now. And we're here now, so <laughs> can't go back. Oh, yeah, definitely. And he's got the, you know, the crowd will be rooting for him too. Another, mm-hmm. I'm going to throw you a little curveball. This fight mm-hmm. isn't on the card. You know, this fight's coming up, I think, on the next card, 235, I believe. I could, yeah, I, yeah 235. Ben Askren, Robbie Lawler. Now, I've, I've told you this before. I called this. I called this. Yeah. I, I have the proof on my podcast where it was like two, it, it was a while before it happened. And it was right when the trade happened, like right when they traded Mighty Mouse for Ben. And yeah. I, I believe it was Ty. I had Ty or Darren, one of those two. And we were talking about who's the, who are they going to give Robbie or who are they going to give Ben? And they were like, you know, Darren Till, all these names. And I was I guarantee you his first fight in the UFC will be against Robbie Lawler. And, you know, it happened. I called that one. But a part of they're kind of they're kind of feeding Robbie to Ben. That's what they want to happen. They want Ben to win. They want Ben to go out and no matter how it gets done. Ben is, I've, t- I've talked about Ben Askren. I'm, I'm a fan. He is the, he's witty. He's funny. He's uh, got balls. He's got guts. You know, you can't intimidate him because he's a great talent and a great fighter. But he's boring. I mean, I love George St. Pierre, but George St. Pierre's game plan was to grab you, hold on to you, and hits you with an elbow every 90 seconds. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it, like, you know, it was a lot of stalling, a lot of wearing you out, if you want to say that, wearing them out, getting them tired. But then once he got them tired, he would still do the same damn thing. <laughs> and exactly. So Ben Askren, I've, I've described Ben Askren as a more boring version of GSP. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. But I, I think matching him up with Robbie Lawler, you're going to get – you're going to have to get some excitement. Like, name one Robbie Lawler fight where there wasn't at least some excitement. Like, that that doesn't happen. So, Not at all. So, a part of me wants to pick Robbie. I mean, I know what's going to happen. Like, part of me knows that, okay, Ben's going to double-leg him and just beat on him for 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. And then part of me's like, man, though, Robbie Lawler, when he throws punches at you, he doesn't even have to hit you for them to hurt you. <laughs> like, right. I think I was I was watching one and uh, they said his misses are entertaining. Like, Robbie, yeah. he is probably the most ruthless. I mean, Ruth, that's his nickname, ruthless. He is mm-hmm. He goes into straight savage mode when he goes in there. And Ben better be careful. I'm not saying Robbie's gonna win, but if Ben slips on a banana peel for a millisecond and you mm-hmm. eat a Robbie Lawler hook. <laughs> on the tip of your chin, your debut is going to go from really, really, really great to really bad really quick. Yeah, and I the thing that with uh, Ben Askren is that I actually thought the opposite of how you think. I feel like they gave him Robbie Lawler because in a sense that 
they want Robbie Lawler to beat him, actually, because oh. there's oh. always like a long-standing beef between the UFC, Dana White, and Ben Askren, and now that he's finally here and competing at the highest level, which has always been a complaint about a lot of Ben Askren's um, opponents, is that he didn't fight anybody that was necessarily worthy of his record, only because they just seemed like cans, you know? They seemed like nobodies at that point, you know? He hadn't really tested himself. It was super easy for him to get those wins. So for someone like Robbie, who has the ability to knock out anybody and uh, or whoever they put in front of him, that could very well be a scenario that takes place because even though your wrestling is outstanding and I give Ben Askren all the credit in the world, some may say his striking is not up to par and that is something that you don't want to go into a fight with Robbie Lawler without, you know, if you're not going to offer any any defense to those uh, Robbie Lawler hooks, then you might have a problem. So I always thought that this fight would be something that it's almost like a proved point. Like, listen, I told you he couldn't hang with the big guys. Prove me just right got... or prove me wrong. Exactly. So that's why I feel like this fight is. But um, I, I, yeah, I'm picking Robbie in that fight. But the thing that concerns me is we've seen Robbie struggle with wrestlers predominantly. So I honestly don't know how this is going to go. I don't know if he's worked uh, since his last fight with Rafael Dos Anjos. Um, I know he was injured for a little bit, so this is going to be his first fight back. And it's going to be interesting to see how he returns and if it's going to be like the Robbie Lawler we saw against someone like Rory McDonald or Carlos, Carlos Condit, you know? And uh, you mentioned the beef, you know, between Ben and Dana. Don't you think that's squashed? Like, we've seen the press conference where, you know, they looked over and, you know, the thumbs up and... Ben, yeah. ben pulls no punches. Like, Ben went on Ariel's show and said, look, me and Dana don't have to like each other. I'm not going to kiss his ass, and he's not going to kiss mine. Mm -hmm. But I think that's kind of squashed. Like, Dana kind of, you know, he was talking to him and was like, you know, I'm not out to get you. I'm not trying to give you a hard fight. I'm not. He's like, yeah. you're, you're in the UFC now. You're going to fight, you know, the best in the world. And like I mentioned, you know, I seen it coming way before Dana. You know, I mean, I, I predicted it just because I... You know, I just I could see it coming. You know, mm -hmm. Robbie, veteran, gatekeeper, Ben Askren, new guy, little bit of hate, lot of yeah. lot of hype. You know, but like if you, if you took Ben Askren's wittiness and his trash talk and his brains and his re and his IQ and stuck that in somebody like Justin Gaethje, could you imagine that? Imagine that. <laughs> oh man, that'd be one hell of a fighter that I would definitely watch all the time. That's why yeah. I love like a well, like a calculated fighter. I I hate the trash talk that is so forced. Like I don't need that. You know, I know you're trying to sell the fight and stuff like that, but that's just one thing that I don't need. If you're just naturally witty and naturally funny, and you yeah. can definitely get the better of your opponents in your trash talk. I'm all for it. I was hysterical when him and Tyron Woodley were double-teaming uh, Kamaru Usman <laughs> at the press conference. I was cracking up because it was so natural because you know they're friends. So it's like, yeah. of course, I'm going to shit to you and, <laughs> and do whatever because he's going to want that fight too with Kamaru Usman. So I thought it was great. I'm, I'm happy that Ben Askren is definitely in the UFC, but this is a, such a tough test. And it's one of those things that we're just going to have to see. It's such a good like styles 
clash. You know, you got the striker versus the wrestler, which is something that we've seen multiple times before. And the scenarios are different for everyone. The striker could get the better of the wrestler or the wrestler could get the better of the striker. And you just never know what's going to happen in these fights. And like you mentioned, you know, just like we don't know what Anderson Silva is going to show up, we don't know what Robbie right. Lawler is going to show up. But if, if, exactly. you, if you get that Rory McDonald, Robbie Lawler, you better bite down on that mouthpiece and get ready. <laughs> oh, yeah. Then it's a, it's a problem right there. Yeah, so uh, another thing that kind of, you know, hit the news, and it's still being talked about, you know, Conor Khabib finally got their fines and suspensions. Now, mm -hmm. I had zero problems with Khabib getting 500k fine, and I'm going to tell you why. It mm -hmm. was his damn fault. <laughs> like, people were, <laughs> people were talking about Conor, you know, and uh, jumping on the cage and punching the one. I'm, you've, you've seen the video, I'm sure, a thousand times, just like myself. I'm like... Different angles and everything. Yeah. I've, Khabib yeah. jumps over and that starts it all. And then, yeah. if you'll watch, there's this part after Khabib jumps and Dylan and Khabib are kind of going at it for a second. There's this mm -hmm. random guy in a suit that runs over and punches Dylan from behind. And then, mm -hmm. yeah, like there, there's this weird angle. You kind of have to look. I, th I think it was the, the recording when it happened live, like the actual mm -hmm. live recording. But yeah, somebody runs over and punches Dylan in the back of the head. And then Connor goes crazy. So, right. you know, people saying that Connor deserves just as much or that Connor's just as at, at fault. Connor was reacting to Khabib. Like, if you're saying that Connor did nothing wrong, okay, he, he definitely did wrong. I mean, he was breaking rules for sure. But if you're saying Connor started it, that's just not true. Yeah. Khabib started it. Did you have a problem with it? And not only did they get fined, you know, they got Connor got six months, which we all know Connor McGregor. He only fights once a year anyway, so that don't mean much. Mm -hmm. And then Khabib got six months, nine, nine, six. If he does, you know, this commercial for something, or who knows if he's even going to do it. He said he's not coming back to Vegas. Connor hasn't yeah. really responded uh, to anything yet. We haven't really heard from Connor besides. The normal, you know, nothing really out, out, out of the ordinary. Well, what's your take on all this? I mean, Connor got fifty, and Khabib got five hundred. That's a huge difference. But if you yeah. look at who started it, it kind of fits. Yeah, absolutely. I didn't see a problem with it at all, which is why I was really shocked that people were saying, "Well, Connor deserved more too." I was like, I have no idea why he would have deserved more in that instance because, as much as people like to point out, well, look, he punched the teammate first. The teammate wasn't even supposed to be in the octagon. Right. Why was he on top of the cage in the first place? He shouldn't have been there. And if Connor hit you first, well, what else were you coming into the octagon to do? You just saw Khabib fly out into a, a, your enemy's corner, and now you're trying to get into the octagon to do what? It wasn't to congratulate Connor for a good fight. I know exactly what was going to happen. Right. They've been talking about it, and then the fight's build up. So. I honestly had no problem with the $500,000 suspension, and I think it's going to be nine months because he's not doing an anti-bullying PSA, which was kind of weird, too. I thought that was a stupid punishment. Uh, <laughs> they kind of just, just, just made it up at the end. They're like, oh, and you have to do this, too. <laughs> yeah, like I, I was just like, listen, find him and suspend him, but don't make him do an anti-bullying thing because that's so ridiculous. You're not going to force him to do that. And for Connor, I was like, yeah, 50,000, six months. That sounds about right. Because you definitely had fault in the brawl. But do I give you all the blame? Absolutely not. And by no means am I like 
the biggest Conor McGregor fan. Like, I'll defend him over everything. But when I first saw, like, the, the post-fight brawl, I was like, holy crap. For once in my life, I'm actually not hitting the blame on Conor McGregor and something that he did. You know, this was very clearly to be from Ragnarok and his teammates. And the whole, oh, the suspension is too much. The, the fine is too much. I honestly think it fits the bill because you jumped out of the cage. You started or you almost started a riot. And there's people around. There's fans over there right next to those corners. So it, it just, I thought that it was fine. I thought it was a little bit stupid for people to be like, oh, it's so much money and this, that, and the other. You got If you did what you did that night, then you're lucky that 500000 is all you got. And nine months is the only suspension that you got. And he could be back soon, but he's choosing to sit out because his uh, other two teammates who were also involved in the brawl got suspended for a year and they won't be able to fight until the end of the year. So Khabib says he's probably not going to do that either. And Connor could have made it ten times worse. Like... Uh, yeah. Whenever they jumped him, they arrested. There was footage of them arresting those guys. And then yeah. they, they come to Connor and said, do you want to press charges? And he said, no, let him go. Like, mm-hmm. he could, he on top of all the bullshit, he could have sent your boys to jail on top of all that. Yeah. He was, that 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 right there shows you that what kind of man Connor is, really. Like, you know, he, he could have easily been like, yeah, I want them in jail. You know, and yeah. especially in his mind, that motherfucker just jumped up and punched me in the back of the head. I want him in jail. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a millionaire and he's nobody. I want him in jail. Connor, yeah. Connor was like, no, we were just fighting. It's it's whatever. That right there, that that's pretty cool for Connor to do that. And I think he knows that too because leading up to the fight, there was a lot of back and forth and stuff like that. He was okay he asked- with it. Yeah. yeah, of course. And he actually called out some of uh, of Khabib's family members. I think he called out his dad in an Instagram post. I think yeah. he called out, like, cousin of his and stuff like that. So this is just part of the game. Conor McGregor plays a very dangerous game when he promotes these fights, and especially against someone like Khabib Nurmagomedov, where there seems to be a lot of, like, red lines that you should not cross. Conor is going to cross all of those. So whatever consequence happens because of that, He's going to accept it. I knew he wasn't going to press charges on those guys because it's like, hey, this is what I signed up for. This is what I do. I'm not going to, you know, get the law involved for something that is very much my fault, too. So that's that's just who Connor is. And that's why I was like, yeah, I expected him to let those guys go, even though they clearly don't like each other. It was uh, it got pretty nasty with Nate Diaz. Remember when him and Nate started throwing the bottles back and forth and the cans and. Uh, when he yeah. sla- when he slapped Nate's hand, and I, I think Nick talked about that Nick Nick was fixing to run up there. Like it got bad mm-hmm. a couple of times. I mean, if you think about it, the Diaz brothers and Khabib's team they've went at it before too. We've seen the footage of that. Yeah. You know, like yeah. those three teams, like Connor and Connor's camp, Nate and the Diaz brothers, and Khabib and Khabib's camp are all very dangerous groups. <laughs> Exactly. That most people wouldn't cross that line with, but Conor McGregor is not most people, so he's going to cross that line if it means I'm selling more pay-per-views. So, one thing, you know, we mentioned before we started, you know, we're going to cover mostly MMA, but we're going to throw in some extra, extra stuff Mm -hmm. here on on our new show. And obviously, you know, when I started coming up with a podcast, I was like, what am I going to call it? And Mm -hmm. I like the idea of Smoke Break MMA just because, you know... They come to me, and I looked it up, and just because you always want to check and see if somebody already has that name out there. 
And there right. was a couple that was like the smoke break show, the smoke break radio hour. Like it, there was some different variations, but I come up with smoke break MMA, you know, and added mm-hmm. that to it. And uh, of course, you know, everybody know. I've asked me, you know, what are you smoking? You know, joking like that before, you know. I'm a proud supporter of marijuana. You know, I, I don't live in a state where it's legal in Tennessee, you mm-hmm. know. But, you know, I've done research on CBD oil, you know, and all the good stuff, bad stuff, you know, cancer. What It, it helps with cancer, you know, of all this stuff. There's a million good things about marijuana. And, uh, you know, what? just what's your take on not only medical marijuana, but, you know, recreational marijuana? Of course, you know, I'm not going to straight up ask you, you know, if you indulge, but is it mm-hmm. is it legal in Miami? First of all, is it legal in Florida? You know what? I don't think that it is. I think that I there's know. a like a law that you're allowed to carry a certain amount without actually getting like an infraction or getting a ticket for it. And oh. even if you do carry over the limit, they give you just like a warning or something like that. But I definitely don't think it's legal down here. Right. So like places in California and Colorado, you can literally smoke pot in front of a cop. Like if a cop, exactly, you can be standing out in the street smoking. Like you can go in and buy vape pens, those little vape juices and edibles. I mean, mm-hmm. what's uh, a lot? A lot of people are not necessarily scared, but don't want to talk about something like this. You know? Yeah. What's your stance? I mean, are you immediately like no or open minded? I'm definitely open minded to it because. I just feel like there's a lot more benefits that people choose to look over because there's this whole mass hysteria that marijuana is like the worst. It's the drug. Gateway drug. The, drug, <laughs> the gateway drug. Yeah. And I, I think that's absolutely ridiculous. If people do, you know, their research and stuff like that, you'll see what kind of qualities it actually has to help people. And it shouldn't be demonized on the level that like heroin or cocaine is demonized. You know what I mean? Yeah. So for me, I'm fine with it. If you smoke around me, that's fine. If you indulge in it, that's fine. But I'm not going to be like next to you just, you know, doing it too. That's not really my thing. But I'm okay with it because I, I know several people that use it for like medicinal purposes and stuff like that. And I think it's great. If it makes you feel better, then I'm all for it. You never know what a person's dealing with. So if it's for something like a a disease or like anxiety or or depression and you feel like, you know, instead of taking medicine that could cause legitimate problems for you later on in life, if you smoke some green and you feel better, then I'm all for it. I I just want to make sure that you're perfectly aware of what you're doing. You're educated and you know that this is going to work for you. Just don't do it just to, like, you know, yeah, be like, cool. Definitely. Never. You got to e- educate yourself. <laughs> 100%. And if you don't, I think that's the misconception, that there's a lot of people that don't really educate themselves on it. But if you see all the benefits and stuff, I don't think that it would be panned out to be so bad. I was just talking to someone about um this movie from, like, the 1940s. I, <laughs> I got shown it in class and in college in like a health class. It was called Reefer Madness and it was all about <laughs> marijuana and how if you smoked it, you would literally like become so irate and start killing everyone. <laughs> and that was their way to just say, don't smoke it. But they don't tell you like the benefits of it and stuff. They just say it's a really bad drug. You shouldn't be doing it. But they're 
way less things that are worse. Like you could smoke a cigarette and die early. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. For marijuana, it's completely different, you know? And I just hope that if you're going to indulge in it, do it the right way, live your life. You're good. You're cool with me. I have yeah. no problems with it. And it's, it's weird too. Like if you lived in California, like we mentioned, you can literally smoke a joint on the sidewalk. But then if you, mm-hmm. if you come to my hometown in Tennessee, and we're yeah. like, and lit up a joint in front of a cop. You're going to jail, but it's you, right. you could be like, but I I live where it's legal, but it's not legal here. It's it's weird, hey. you know. It's it's weird how it's legal there, but it's not legal here. You can smoke it there, but you can't here. It's a lot of yeah. a lot of weird rules going on with it, but definitely I agree with you 100 percent about educating yourself. A lot of people don't even know, you know, what indica means, what sativa. You know, there's three different kinds of marijuana there's indica sativa and hybrid you know mm-hmm. and like you mentioned you know people use it for nausea depression anti-anxiety bone pain muscle spasms like everything you could imagine under the sun is treatable with cbd yeah. and marijuana exactly that's why i'm totally fine with it it's just i never saw it as one of those drugs obviously like when you're in like middle school or something they tell you don't do it it's really bad it'll lead you to worse things but as you grow older and you kind of do the research for yourself, you just realize that this is so much more of a helpful drug than most people would say that it is. And like I said, educate yourself because you're not going to get it anywhere else. They're just going to tell you it's terrible. You shouldn't do it. But look into it for yourself. And if you feel like it'll help your ailments, go for it. Definitely. And not only that, it definitely can help with... uh state of mind you know like we mentioned yeah. depression like if you're a very sad person because you know sadness and depression are not the same thing you know if you're mm-hmm. if you're a very sad person it definitely can uplift you and they have specific oh. kinds you know for uplifting <laughs> and mm-hmm. uh so this has been a good episode though the very first one like i like i mentioned I- we're making history I'm so happy to be here. I love breaking down fights and stuff like that with you, even though we don't agree on certain fight picks. We I'm do, cool we with do you. We do most of the time. We do most of the time, but sometimes, you know, we don't. But yeah, that, that's what makes time. it interesting. I know, but you do know that Robert Whitaker and Israel Adesanya are going to win, right? <laughs> <laughs> I might believe you about Robert, but you do know that Anderson's going to prove why he's the G O A T. Well, we'll see about that. If I if I'm eating my words, then we'll definitely talk about it next Friday. Definitely, we got about fifteen minutes left on my timer. I'm gonna hit you with some rapid fire questions. Let's do it. And I'm gonna answer them too. Like uh, as you answer, I will answer. All right. Okie doke. Best and worst MMA moment. We'll do best uh, first. Bet bet your the moment where you were like. That made me the happiest. Your your happiest MMA moment. Uh, Nate Diaz beating Conor McGregor at UFC 196. Because I've been a big fan of Nate Diaz. And just to see that happen when everyone said it wasn't going to happen, it couldn't happen, and it did, I was so excited for that one. Beautiful choice. Yes, Nate Diaz is my favorite fighter. My you know my son named after Nathan Diaz. He's... That, uh-huh. that That's definitely up there. That's my number two. I have a picture. You know, the after Nate... He runs up to the camera and when he flexes on the camera and his blood all over his face and I've got mm-hmm. that picture framed like that that moment in MMA where he submits Connor stands up 
and walks over to the camera and gives it the double biceps is just an iconic moment. My favorite. I have the shirt. Yeah, my favorite is uh, I believe I've told you this before. It was when Cowboy submitted Mike Perry in Denver. Oh, uh, yeah. It was recent. I mean, because that was in Cowboy's home. That mm-hmm. he was fighting Mike Winklejohn, you know, all leaving the camp like that was to me my favorite. What about your worst? Worst moment still is when Holly Holm knocked out Ronda Rousey because <laughs> I was such a big Ronda Rousey fan and I watched that and I couldn't believe what happened and I think I cried that night. I'm not even gonna lie. <laughs> I, I'm not gonna lie. I almost shed a tear when yeah. when Jose Aldo beat Jeremy Stevens. I love. Oh. My, actually, that was the start of my podcasting. My very first live show mm-hmm. ever recorded was UFC Calgary, where Eddie Alvarez versus Dustin Poirier 2 was the main event, and then the co-main yeah. was Aldo and Stevens. I picked Stevens. I was diehard mm-hmm. on Stevens, and it you know it just didn't happen. That I almost quit podcasting about an hour into it, and once that <laughs> happened. That actually, I was happy for Jose Aldo because I picked Stevens too. I was like, dang it, there's no way that Jose is going to win this. And he did. And I was like, yes, what a great fight because it was with a body shot, which is something you don't see very often. Right. And I was like, especially that was the best with a thing that could have ever happened. Especially with a tough dude like Jeremy. Like, Jeremy is notoriously tough. Oh, yeah. And he just went down yeah. from the pain by itself. And it was so, it was such a delayed reaction. Like, he yeah. hit him, and then, like, Jeremy looked at him, and I was like, oh no, is this it? Is this it? And he dropped, and I was like, oh my God, I can't believe it. But yeah, it was a great moment. I'm sorry it was your worst moment, but I liked it. <laughs> it, it was heartbreaking just because I'm a huge Jeremy fan. <laughs> so, if you were a fighter, what would, you, what would your uh-huh. walkout song be? Mine, I'm gonna go first in this one. I am a diehard, uh-huh. diehard Tupac fan. If I was walking okay. out, I, it's going to be bleeped. <laughs> You're not going to be able to understand <laughs> shit. It's going to be bleeped every other sentence, but I am coming out to hit him up. Wait, wait a second. We're on pay-per-view. We, we can cuss on pay-per-view. I'm good. So Yeah, you're Yeah, I'm good. We're on pay-per-view. So, Tupac, hit him up. Which is crazy because I feel like Nate Diaz should have already walked out to that stuff, yep. but that's a good song. Mine is probably a little bit of a um, like recency bias because the song came out like a few months ago. But you know the song um, that Israel Adesanya came out to at Madison Square Garden. Yeah. With little, yeah. the song is called Little Duval um, Smile. Yeah. That is really my favorite song because it's such a feel good song, and I know that if I was gonna fight, <laughs> I'd want to be having a good time before I walk into the cage and possibly get my ass beat. So that's just a really good song for me. Definitely. And our last one, final question of our very first po- episode. Uh-huh. If you could get an what type of MMA-related, if you could get one MMA-related tattoo for life, because, you know, tattoos are for life, what would yep. it be? Now, I I have several. You know, I have the, the Metal Militia. Remember the old Metal Militia brand that the Diaz brothers had? <laughs> I yeah, have, I have the Metal Militia skull with 209 on my wrist. Oh, man. I have Nate on my chest, which is my son. His, his name is Nate after Nate Diaz. I uh-huh. have, I have uh, the Lucky Charm that Connor has on his, mm-hmm. 
on Connor's uh, side, I have the lucky charm that he has on my arm. So, like, I, I have a lot of MMA-related tattoos. You know, I have... I'm covered from head to toe in tattoos. Do you have any? Do you have any tattoos? No. I've been trying to get a tattoo for, like, the last few years, but... It's not that I'm chicken shit, it's just I'm <laughs> freaking busy. Like, I just can't sit down and get tatted immediately. And I already know what my first one's going to be. But, um, I don't know. MMA-related, I've never really thought of anything. That's a good one. It's a hard one. Yeah, that is a good one. It is a very hard one because I'd have to be comfortable with this being on well, my how body. How about just tattoo, period? If you could have one tattoo, like, uh, uh -huh. I'm, I'm sure you know the movie Suicide Squad. Yeah. I have the, you know, the, the the smile on his hand? I love it. I have the, the Suicide Squad Joker smile on my hand. Like, I've got a bunch of, you know, stuff that's themed from other places. Like, not, not just MMA related. If you could have one tattoo, like your dream tattoo, you could sit down and you could pick any tattoo, what would it be? I'll give you the one that I'm supposed to be getting. It's the first one that I'm going to get. Uh... I want Excelsior written on my wrist, and this is in tribute to Stan Lee, the Marvel Comics creator who just passed yeah. away. And because uh, I'm such a huge fan of that kind of stuff, I have like some posters over there that you can't see, but I, I love comics. I love anything Marvel. And just the overall meaning of the word in Latin, um, I absolutely love it. So that would be the first one, and I would put it right here on my wrist so I can see it every day. That's a good one. That's definitely a good one. I have, it's good to have one that means something. You know, like uh, I have my wife, my, my wife's initial A on my ring finger. I don't wear a oh. ring, so I have her initial tatted on my ring finger. Uh, I've got both my son's names on my chest. You know, I actually have Thug Life from the, the Tupac Thug Life. I have, the, uh -huh. I have Thug Life across my stomach with the AK-47 and the, oh. the Smile Now, Cry Later theater masks where one's crying yeah. and one's laughing. I have a lot of uh, very personal, meaningful... Ta I have some where it represents... You, you know how that goes. They represent different things. You know, represent yeah. a, dark, a dark time in your life or they can represent a great time in your life. Exactly. Which is why... You know what? I've always said that if I got tattoos, I probably wouldn't have, like any pictures or any images on me i kind of just want like scriptures and words on me right but it's just a matter of doing it you know i actually have a quote you can't see it on this side but there's a quote um also in latin from the walking dead and i really wanted to get that one done too but i have no idea it's for me it's about timing and placement i have no idea when the hell i'm gonna get these tattoos or where i'm gonna put it i just don't want them in like an ugly spot you know because right. it's gonna go on body for the rest of your life <laughs> i want to be sure that i'm making the right decision when it comes to this kind of stuff so and the artist <laughs> like the artist is such a big deal you know i've before i found my artist i have one artist that does all my stuff now i yeah i, I probably had 10 or 15 artists before I found him like and I had a bunch of bullshit I, I had probably I've spent probably five hours or more just covering up old tattoos you know yeah just five <laughs> hours worth of set and just covering up old shit you know it's it's good to get what you want the right way the first time <laughs> exactly that we actually my family because they're all covered in tattoos I'm the only one that's not really covered but, like, my, my parents and my older brothers, they all use the same person. So if I were to use a tattoo artist, it'd be that guy. Because I just, 
Yeah, exactly. He's already here, so he's the family guy, and I got to use him. So and people don't we'll think about the money. Like I, I've probably got, <laughs> I've probably got over seven thousand dollars worth of t- worth just worth of ink on my arms and legs and back and chest and stomach. Isn't that crazy to say? Like, because you think about the amount of money and you think about other things that you could have used it on, but yeah. you want these tattoos, man, and they got to look good because you you can't pay like a hundred dollars for like a well-detailed tattoo because it's gonna look shitty you, i yeah. mean you got to put up a lot of money for some details definitely so i definitely think this was a success we're here to stay <laughs> yay i think so too i can't wait for episode number two definitely and like i mentioned you know before we went live come start thinking you know come up with some segments you know some cool ideas you know rapid fire questions you know just little things like that we can do and We'll expand. We might actually add people. You know, eventually we'll get to where we could add somebody. Or uh, we'll get to where we... Well, like I said, we're going to try out. She's going to get that uh, Anchor app too. I believe she already has. And we're going to try the next time to see if we can't do this all through just one app. Yep. Definitely. I thank you so much, Kristen. Thank you for having me. I can't wait to do it again. Definitely. And I hope you all enjoyed our... This is not my podcast. This is our... <laughs> she, she is... I am not the captain and co-captain. We are both captains <laughs> on this ship. <laughs> Thank you so much, though. And I'm, I'm, very, I'm looking forward to the fights, just like you are. Me too. You better be on Twitter, because if something happens, you know I'm going to be tweet- tweeting you. So. Definitely, yeah. And uh, when, when they raise Anderson's hand, you know you're going to think about me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good luck with that, buddy. <laughs> Have a good rest of your night. I will. See you later. I hope you guys enjoyed the very first episode of The Smoke Session with Hank and Kristen King. Go check her out on Twitter. Check me out on YouTube and the Anchor app. Good night, guys. Good night, guys. Sorry. (laughs) Stutter there at the end. I'll get it. I'll get it one of these days. Take it easy, guys.